feels so weird because we took last week off. Well, you took last week off. Right. You went and had your little fun escapade out in Cali. How'd that uh, compilation episode work out for you? Um, it worked out really well. As in it didn't happen? As in it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, I was very ambitious. I'd just gotten back from vacation. I was like, you know, I could do this. This will be fun. I'd forgotten that I was on vacation and I had to catch up on a bunch of stuff and everyone was pinging me left and right and I was pulled in multiple directions and I just never found the time. So I'm a bit disappointed. You know, when you get back from vacation, if you have to then go overboard to catch up on stuff, is there really such thing as vacation? No. But that, but that, see, the, the alternative to that is you, you hold off until you think you've gotten everything done and you can take a break. And before you know it, it's December and you haven't taken any time off. Yeah. So you just got to roll with the punches. You got to go and do it. Yep. Get some time. Relax. So you ready for the new Salesforce? Uh, no. No. Is that, when are we, when are we? That's the next, that's the next Tuesday. That's thing. next Thursday, huh? No, Tuesday. Tuesday. Why do I keep thinking it's Thursday? keep saying that. I don't know why. It's Tuesday. Yeah, the new Salesforce. That's what I hear. Yep. Are you, are you ready? Are you excited? Are you pumped? No. No? You're not. You're not excited. I mean, you know, uh, you know probably more about it than most people do. Although most partners have known for a while, MVPs have known for a while. I mean, this is well, people have known about I mean, I heard about this just randomly from people like almost a year ago, I think. But Well, I've been and, predicting well, well, and you can't say anything, so I'll say things for you. So this is like, you know, the new I, I think this is gonna be you know, the new UI, right, for Salesforce. Um my guess is it's just, you know, lots of lightning stuff. It's going to be, you know, I'm, you're going to hear all this. It's going to be mobile first. It's going to be responsive first. It's going to be API first. It's going to be accessible first. It's going to be contract first. It's going to, you know, they're going to throw all this, all these buzzwords out there. They're it's going to the buzzwords. It's going to be beautiful. And, and you know, it'll, you know, I don't know what they're going to say, but my predictions are that, uh, actually it'll be, it'll be quite a bit of an improvement. Um, hopefully we'll get better markup. It'll be interesting to see how they solve the challenges around how does that affect all of your existing customizations and vis- not only things like standard things like you know visual force pages and things like that, but all of the URL hacks and things that everyone has to do. If you're building anything non-trivial in Salesforce, you have to use them. They're not supported, and they've always told you you're not supported, but you have to use them. Every consultant does. Salesforce's PS group does. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that or if there's a period of time where... It's, it's actually, it's got to be opt-in. So this is my other prediction. It's going to be opt-in for at least a year. Well, first of all, I don't even think it's going to go. It won't even be available GA for at least another year. That's my one prediction. <laughs> but but once it is, you know, it'll be opt. It'll, it'll be one of these things that you can not turn on for a long time, and eventually you'll get forced into having it on. But I, that's probably I'm going to guess two years away. Yeah. Of course, you would pick this topic, and I, I can't. No, no, I you, can't contribute to this conversation. Well, but okay, you can't say anything because, as MVPs, you guys probably get previews to this type of thing. Um, I'm imagining this thing that you can't even confirm or deny exists, even though everyone knows it exists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. Of See, a, this is the downside to you being an MVP. Is I like, know. I wonder if I can opt out of knowing things so I can at least have conversations. Well, that, this and, is why I don't sign NDAs. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to sign an NDA because then I can't. Anything that you tell me under that, I, I can't talk to anyone about anyone else. If I, you know, if it's got some kind of your trade secrets that really are stupid, they're not even your trade secrets. And I was, 
you know, I've already built something or I've used those ideas and other things. Now you can just automatically sue me. Like, I'm not going to sign your NDA. <laughs> They're really a bad idea. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, we, we, I've been talking about a new UI for like two years now. I've been seeing the writing on the wall. I've been kind of digging into things and looking into different places and trying to see where the signs were pointing to. And um, so it feels kind of a little anticlimactic at this point in time because it's, it's like, it's like I'm saying the world's going to end and every day I say it and eventually the world ends and I'm like, see, I was right. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I knew it. I, I knew, knew it was it. coming. I knew it. <laughs> Told you so. So it's a bit anticlimactic for me to, because of the last two years I've been saying, you know, I, I know, I know a new release is coming. I know a new release is coming, but you know, at this point it's like, well, yeah, you say it every day, every year it's, it's going to happen eventually. Right. It's weird. They're announcing this before Dreamforce. Dreamforce is what? Three weeks away? Four weeks away? Uh, three or four. I, I and I, I, I don't really, there's no inside knowledge on why they're doing, so to speak, going to try to expose the world to this. But my speculation is that because it is such a big deal, it is a something they really, really want to make sure that the public gets involved in, mm-hmm. is that they want to make sure that you can prepare to, to talk about this at Dreamforce, that you can prepare to, to sign up for a session or something about this. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of, rather than do this as a big surprise at Dreamforce. They want to, they want you to be able to kind of go into Dreamforce knowing that you're going to go talk about this, you're going to learn about this versus kind of being shell-shocked by it. Yeah. Could be. And again, this is one of those things that, you know, they'll announce. I mean, as a lot of these big announcements, Salesforce tends to really pre-announce um, before things are really even close to being ready to hit production. Um, but the good side to that is that when it is available, at least for preview and things, you know, you can start testing. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of problems that you'll have to discover and figure out ways to work You're through. You're assuming and, that there'll be a lot of problems. You, you don't know. Maybe it'll come out and everything will be perfect. It's enterprise software, John. It's going to be full of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so let, people, let me people, live in my dream world for the next four weeks that everything's going to be perfect. That's fine. You can live in your dream world. And everything's going to be amazing. Uh, people people talk about enterprise software as if that's a good thing. And it's not. Enterprise software means that you've got this giant ball and chain. In fact, a whole family of them. <laughs> well, we that talked, that we talked about it, it. It does. It prevents you from being yeah. agile and, right. and from kind of bringing your, your software into the forefront of modern technology. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and how well this does. And, you know, Salesforce is able to continue to do the impossible and that's shake up the industry. Well, it's not impossible to shake up the industry. I mean, I think they'll... T- well, I continued, the, the continued, you know, it, as we say, when you get into enterprise and you get big, you kind of become the old man of the group and right. you're not innovating. You're just kind of relying on your current customer base. And, and then you but I up, don't think that's Salesforce. And then you end up with these, well, I don't know, you end up with these odd situations where someone like Microsoft is, is actually in, in danger of disrupting you. Yeah, um, and that's actually becoming more of more of a thing. I was reading more of this this past week about um, there was a survey that I think I have and I wrote some notes on, but um, yeah, it was like a survey that of um, actually it was it was of CRM providers, I think, or or just software, you know, like cloud software providers. And for the first time in a long time, more of them identified at a Microsoft CRM as their up and coming competitor over. Actually, the Microsoft was listed first, was the most common. And then, and then it was Oracle and I think then someone else, I can't remember, but Salesforce wasn't even on the top five. So 
people are seeing Microsoft as as this competitor that's kind of coming out of kind of I don't you can't really say out of nowhere, but certainly coming from the backfield, right? Yeah, the back of the pack, racing up to the front really quickly. So yeah, I mean, my you know Salesforce is um, you know they'll they'll keep innovating, obviously, and this new new UI thing is is part of that. And it, actually, it'll be great if they can unify the UIs. I mean. Gosh, I actually wish they would unify the setup UIs. I mean, you go from one section and setup to another, looks like it's from a different company. Yeah. And in all, a lot of times it it literally is from a different company. It's you Yeah, know, we're not we're not just talking about like acquisition products, we're talking about just within the tool itself. Yeah, although it's it's it is worse with acquisition products. I mean, it's um, you know, in 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 non-setup areas as well. Do you remember when they um they actually bought the what, what's the thing where you can kind of drag and drop the data structures? I still don't use that thing and um oh, the visual uh, um Schema builder? Schema builder. Schema builder, yeah. yeah. And I believe that was an acquired thing. And that, that's one of those things. I could be wrong, but there's there's examples of this type of thing where you go into it and it just looks completely different. It's like, whoa, where, what, are this, what is this? Did I just get like hijacked and I'm on a different site now? Or what, you know? Yeah. No, this is still Salesforce, but it's something they bought. I kind of see that as, uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I'd rather have that. Well, I don't know what I'd rather have. I guess I'd rather have the idea that, that they're, development team, their user experience team can can explore different ideas and different ways of doing things rather than saying, no, it has to look exactly like Salesforce always has until we do this whole brand new thing. And then you can start thinking about changing it. You yeah. know, at least this gives yeah. them a chance to explore something, you know, put something out there and, and start using some new features versus just kind of trying to do it all at once. I mean, it's currently long in the tooth right now. So this yeah. is, um, this is a, a de- definitely a good thing. It'll just, it, it'll definitely be challenging for them again because they are an enterprise software company and they're so big and they're we were talking about earlier about how their product portfolio or their sorry their cloud portfolio is so broad i mean they've they're literally i don't want to say they're throwing mud against the wall because that's it's not really the right metaphor they've just got a lot of stuff out there yeah and you know unifying anything against that much product is is difficult and it can't be done all, you can't do it in a big bang. Now, this is kind of, this is, they're, they are, uh, what's the word? Not proposing. They're positioning this as a big bang type of thing. But I think when we get into the, when we learn more details, when I learn more details, you already know the details. <laughs> <laughs> all the details. Um, John told me everything. Um, Whatever. <laughs> No, but when when I think when when we start to see more, it, you'll you'll see that there's there's going to be all sorts of little areas where, you know, you've got to do a workaround, or they just it's not going to be deployed in that area for a while or whatever. It just can't be done all at once. It's it's too big. And and also, I mean, why would you want to do it all at once? Like, why not do pieces at a time, or yeah. at least the safe areas first, and see what happens. There's no there's no substitute for actually getting stuff in people's hands to use, and yeah. then to find out really how they're going to use it. What the, what are the problems are going to be? What are the unanticipated things what was um what was dick cheney's things there's your there's your your known knowns your none your known unknowns and your unknown unknowns like the things that you that you don't even know you don't know right right and until you <laughs> until, <laughs> um, <laughs> until you get it out there you just don't know what those things are and you know it makes sense to roll it out to some things lurk and you know, learn and then incorporate that in feedback into your future efforts so that you, you know, can, are a little bit more agile and you're, you're getting yeah. feedback before you try to do everything. So. All right. 
Um, so yeah, that's Tuesday. And you know, I, I registered for it. I don't even know if you have to. I mean, surely this, you got, you can go to like salesforce.com slash live and just watch this. If not, then that's ridiculous <laughs> or something this big, right? <laughs> um, you probably can, but I registered for it anyway, just in case you have to, um, you have to be registered. And they sent me a, uh, what do you call it? Calendar link, I guess. iCal link, whatever it is. And so I added on my calendar three hours. Three hours. And also they're having it at four o'clock p.m. West Coast time. It's like, do they not realize that most people in the country are ahead of them in time? And that's like, that's at the end of our day. I think that's on purpose because a lot of, a lot of this is going to be live they're going to have live viewing parties with a lot of the user groups so this is kind of meant to be a community thing a thing where we all get together in community yeah. and yeah, see I, this I, and experience this together and collaborate and i really didn't want to see my family that day anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay fine guys you you get my day during the day and now you can you can have my night too <laughs> you get it it's all. optional Jeremy. i give up it's optional I know, i'm just playing but uh three hours but I, if you I, want to be in the know on the cusp of things, if, if we're going to have something to talk about next Wednesday. Well, and I wonder, so it's, it's on, okay, so it's on my schedule for 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific. And what I want to know is, does the meat of this really start at 4 or is it just going to be all sorts of anticipation and silly, you know, awesome interviews and things that last for an hour and a half and then they get to it? Like, I want to know, can I blow, can I blow off half of this and just show up at a certain time and get what I need to know? I have no idea. Yeah. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Give me that. I have no idea. If anyone knows, let us let us know. Because, yeah, that's it's honestly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's cutting into my. Just sit down, pour yourself a drink, <laughs> exactly. relax. I was gonna say it's cutting into my drinking time. <laughs> we still be at home. I'll probably be. No, I we I won't be at home. Neither will you. I'll be at the user group. Oh, you're going to the user group? Yeah. What the, you had plans with me. You oh, that's right. We were going to watch yeah. it together. That's because I thought it was Thursday, and we were going to try to record right after it oh. until I remembered it was Tuesday. So, what, so, so now you're ditching me? No, I'll 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 hang out with you and we'll watch it together. I don't want to go to the user group because it's going to be overcrowded. It probably will be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they I, had a hard time finding the location with all the registrants and everything. So, it might be worth hanging out with you and watching it, and we can make our notes and yeah, and talk about it. Um. Well, speaking of Salesforce events. Uh, do, do we uh, do we have any Dreamforce updates? I guess we have. Do we have our schedule now. Yeah, so we know when we're going to be recording, right? And we we did our our first commercial <laughs> yeah, ever. That's right. <laughs> no, that wasn't awkward at all. What? They're just at, being asked to promote ourselves. Why is that awkward? Because that it just goes against my my ethos or whatever of or my my philosophy of this podcast. What, no advertising? Just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to promote it. I don't know. I know we... <laughs> I don't want to promote it, but if you happen to be on iTunes, I know. give us a like and, that, a, and that a Well, that took review. effort. That took effort. Although I will say, I was, I was proud of us because we sat down and we wrote, we sketched out, or what is it called? Scripted out what, what, what we're thought say. we should say, including the times and everything. It and, took 20 and takes. We, and we, <laughs> per, we produced it, edited it, and bounced it and had it emailed within 30 minutes that was not bad are we gonna are we gonna let everyone experience it for the first time on the uh, button click admin podcast where it's going to be heard or should we play it now we we could play it although is it on is it on the dropbox 
Yeah. Let me see if I can play it. Um, podcast. Now, which one is it? There are two. Are they identical? I think these are identical, right? Uh, play the one that has the image and everything. Well, they both. I'll just try this. See what happens. Well, John, too bad we're not going to Dreamforce this year. But Jeremy, I've got news for you. We are going to Dreamforce this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. How exciting. We are so excited. So come check us out, the Good Day Sir podcast. Okay, get your pencils and hipster PDAs ready. We'll be recording live to tape in the podcast zone at 9.30 on Tuesday, 8.30 on Wednesday, 11.30 on Thursday, and 1.30 on Friday. We'll also be walking around interviewing people. So strap on your Fitbit and come find us. My Fitbit? I promise. We won't do anything silly like play sound clips. And I'm like, why? Or crack jokes about the keynotes. No, not us. And to that, I say good day, sir. Good day, sir. Look at that. There it is. Our first ad. (laughs) Probably last. No, I, I titled that one 001 so that we can continue. Because ah, we're going to have so many. Yeah, we're going to have <laughs> hundreds of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so yeah. Um, so those were our times. If yep. you, you should, you know, you people listening, you should come listen to us. You're so mean to our audience, you people. <laughs> you, you, you people. You, you types that listen to podcasts. <laughs> Um, yeah, those are our times. I'm watching the live stats of our podcast. They They're just, just dropped. Down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we've lost everybody, but yeah. no, that should be cool. So it's in the, I guess near the, in the admin zone, there's a it's in know, the admin podcast zone. area podcast set zone. up and there's going to be, I mean, so there's, um, I'm sure the button click guys will do a, um, they'll probably be doing recording there, right? Who, anyone else that we know? You're so out of touch on this. Am I? Yeah. I mean, I'm barely in touch with stuff I need to do. How, how am I supposed to keep track of other people? Button click. We'll be doing live recordings there as well as, okay. long as many others. Oh, and um, by the way. It, it, and in fact, I believe they're going to release it tomorrow. So the button click podcast tomorrow should have this commercial and everyone else's commercials promos for the, for the podcast. Yeah. So, so uh, give that a listen. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, button click, admin, I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. <laughs> uh, so we got, so J- Jillian tweeted us. Is that her name? Yes. Okay. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right because <laughs> she she warned us. We've been well, we've admonished. Been, we, we butchered it apparently. Not only first name but last name as well. And um, well, I didn't know what she did either. I knew she was on the call, but I wasn't really paying attention that much because I was in the middle of other stuff. And but she's um, See, she's lack a, of attention. She's, got us in trouble she's a again. co-host of the the Button Click Admin podcast. Yep. And uh, I guess she works at Salesforce, and she does something called Awesome Admin Marketing. And I don't even know what that is. So. Um, she's going to inform me hopefully at some point. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be at Dreamforce and she'll have your name and she'll smack you around a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure I deserve it. I am horrible with names though, honestly. I, 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 can re- I can remember someone's face and it's so familiar to me, but I will rack my brains trying to remember someone's name. Right. So that means that everyone at Dreamforce, if you, if you've, you know, who knows John, walk up to him and say, Hey John, do you remember me? No, <laughs> I'll be filled with so much anxiety. Maybe, you'll just see sweat pouring from me. Cause I'll be like, uh, I, I know your face. Now I'm surely sorry. Salesforce has a thing with all its wearables that you can put on some like Google, uh, Google glass. And you just look at the person at, in the, their, their contact information pops up. Right. 
and it pulls in their LinkedIn social profile, all the stuff. So you, you know, you just leaked is. a whole new feature. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be the next step for wearables, wouldn't it? I, yeah, I thought it was here. I mean, why do we not have this? I have a CRM with this has all this social stuff, and I've got and they're supposedly they do wearables, and they're all about the wearables, and they've got Apple Watch and Google Glass and Android it's, Wear and all these things. Like, why sure, don't does that? I'm sure that that's got to exist. Baby right? Steps. We're only at creepy right now. We haven't gotten to hyper creepy yet. <laughs> We're all heading to creepy. We all know that. We all know it. It's just we're on the way. Baby steps. Baby steps. Speaking of uh, LinkedIn, I'm just going to jump around. Did you did you hear that LinkedIn and Salesforce broke up? I don't know if it's more of a breakup. It's no different than the Google app stuff that they kind of broke up. Did they with that? Yeah, I never really did that. That's so weird. I, I think at one point in time it was advantageous for Salesforce to have this really close partnership and in default include. Oh yeah, when those they tools. when they need you, yes, you're you know. <laughs> Everything's but, great. But then after a while, you know, you just need to open things up and not uh, play favorites. All of a sudden you get a call from Salesforce. What have you done for me lately? And you're like, well, I don't know. I thought we were partners. Well, no, I'm sorry. We're broken up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's or it's not you, it's me. You think that's how the call went? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it was anything sinister, but it's, it's just, just they, not, not they've decided to take some time apart, John. No. Oh. It's complicated. Yeah, Status equals is complicated. And counseling. Yeah. But uh, LinkedIn will no longer be accessible from part of the social accounts, contacts, and leads feature, which I don't even know what that is. Um, the email from Salesforce states that users will not be able to log into LinkedIn or see any LinkedIn information um, from Salesforce. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> yeah. I'm not into CRM, really, and I'm not social, so these things just... Unless someone needs some, you know. Some geeky widget. Uh, exactly. Then you're, I'm just like, guy. I'm, yeah, not into it. Um, so anything else, anything else on Dreamforce? No, no. Do we, and we have no, we're just, we've given up on having any kind of meetup. I mean, I, I think the consensus is that, you know, we can all meet up in the admin zone. You know, we'll all be there. There's a coffee shop there. Maybe we can meet there. If Otherwise, we'll play it by ear, I guess. I think we should do that. Honestly, we should create a... Um, Here's what, okay, here's, here's, what, here's what you guys need to do. Make sure you're following us, our Good Day Sir podcast on Twitter. I think we should just use that to tweet yeah. what our plan. So we'll display by here. We'll try to find some place. I don't or know better, what, just follow you and I individually, and we'll, we'll use Foursquare or something like that to post where we're at. And if you true. happen to be there, come yeah. say hi, find us. And I do use, I use Swarm, but that's a Foursquare's new thing, I guess. So, yeah. But that doesn't give people any advance notice. That's just like, oh, they're having a thing across town that I didn't get invited to that I don't have time to get over to now. That's not super helpful. <laughs> no, I just meant as a, as an alternative to, or in addition to some kind of meetup, maybe, you know, yeah. we'll just post where we're at all the time. Now, are we going to have any, this is what I want to know. Are we going to have any contest or anything for swag? Because we, so we will give it all we away. Will, we will have swag, but let's it's, just give it all away. But it's limited. It is limited. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to ration it. Because it turns out this podcast doesn't make any money, so <laughs> so funds are limited. But there will be swag, and the companies that make the swag do want to make money. <laughs> oh, absolutely right. Um, so yeah, I, I want to know, like, what do you what do you do to get some good day, sir? Podcast swag. Show up and say hi. No, first come first serve. That's I don't know. setting bar way too low. That's, We'd run out. We'll run out in thirty minutes. We'll ration it. Yeah, we'll have to f- figure out something. 
Uh, what else is going on? So, um, you missed some big news last week, didn't it? Did I? Yeah, I was. Out I'm not going to talk about it too much because it's it's out there and everyone already knows about it. But uh, Google has acquired the Alphabet. Oh, have they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last I heard, they sent uh, Sesame Street a cease and desist. Okay, because they now own the Alphabet. Okay, so so Sesame Street no more can no longer the be. Days. Yeah, can't be. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to allow uh, letters to sponsor Sesame Street episodes anymore. Yeah. No. Mm. Okay. Now uh, it's 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 kind of out there. I don't know really. I guess it solves a problem that you know that everyone sees them as search, but they want to be or are so much more than that. But it just seems odd. Uh, I can't tell. It's still, is this a joke or what? What do you? What is that? I don't understand. No, the joke is done. Well, what did they? I don't even understand what I may tell it went over my head then. You do know that Google is now alphabet. I didn't know that. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally I was in Sonoma and Napa all week <laughs> and I drank a lot of wine and there may or may not have been some wow. brain cells that did not make it back to I Texas. I can't believe you me. managed to avoid that. <laughs> you news. know, I did hear about it, but I, I, I don't know any of the details. I don't, I didn't really care much to get into the details other than that. They, Restructured the company. They have a new parent company that they created called Alphabet, and they're restructuring everything. Some of the news reports out there was speculating, or maybe even some of their press releases was saying, you know, they want to be able to create all these different products and get into all these different things without having those things kind of bring down the brand or things like that. I, either way, I, I'm not exactly sure what the driving factor is, but um, well, I think Google's a, a great strong name. Um, it is, but I, it's it seems like they're at the point where. They're doing more than just search and computer stuff. They're doing these cars and and fiber installations, municipal yeah. fiber installations. It's like the, they're more than just the search engine and the the ad platform. And maybe they need a parent company or something. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure the lawyers told them like, hey, hey no uh, wonder you, my you, Sesame Street joke fell flat on you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it. I need context. Oh, I thought you heard about that. Um, well, Google may, um, may have a new company, a new holding company, but I bet it's still not as, uh, I bet it's still not as bad working conditions as, uh, as Amazon. Oh. <laughs> did you hear about this? No, I, I, did I, I, did I you mention mentioned yeah. something about it, but I didn't research it. So oh, this is one of those stories that I'm just saying, you know, you Read the article. It's the New York Times has been working on this story for six months. They interviewed like a hundred people that work at Amazon. And the story is, is that turns out Amazon's just like a really terrible place to work. Um, just the way they treat people, uh, the, the conditions, the fact that, you know, people are, you know, you're expected to work, you know, nights and weekends. And, you know, if you have to take any time for medical or anything, it's just, you know, you get, you get bad marks on your reviews and, you know, people are often found crying at their desks or crying in the bathrooms. Are these? Is this like their corporate offices or distributions? Because it's actually I love like Amazon across the board. I buy a bunch of stuff from Amazon. They have a distribution center in my hometown. I can get stuff same day for free. Right. And meanwhile, that person who brought it to you for free is like crying because they don't get to see their kids. <laughs> You're making me feel bad. I, now. Actually, no. I I actually honestly stopped to wonder. Should I like not even do this Prime two day or whatever? I mean, should I? Do you support a company that, I mean, yes, Amazon. I need more information. Where's this information coming well, from? Is this confirmed reports from employees right, or what? So I've, okay, let me, I've, I, I clipped a thing. I've, um, 
an interview I found. So let me let me roll some of this here. The one that struck me the most, and I know these stories. I've known these stories for over a decade. That's been the story of working at Amazon. And people want to work there and, and try to benefit from the stock game, but get out because they're so miserable. But the so that's I mean just we can just stop at various points to talk about this. Um, that was one interesting thing, uh, and the article, the New York Times article, kind of exposed this as well. The because the, the first thing I thought is you know I'm like I'm basically a, like a libertarian, right? I mean, I'm a free market kind of guy. I th- and I think labor markets are, should be as, as free as possible, right? So if you don't like your employer or if you don't make enough money or if they don't provide you the maternity benefits you want or whatever, then it's a free market, right? You can, people are competing for you, right? Yeah. It's the supply and demand with labor. So go, if you don't like your job, go work somewhere else. Um, Assuming there's a job in your area that you can get. Well, if there's not, you should move. I mean, you should go to... I know. It always, sounds, it always sounds so easy, though. I'm not arguing against the point. I'm just saying yeah. it. I mean, it, it, it is easier to say, just go find another job than it is to actually go out and find a job, uproot your family, do all that kind of stuff. It is hard. It is a tough decision, but, but it's your decision. sometimes it might it's, be the best thing to I do. I mean, we do live in a free country, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's your decision to do whatever you want. But anyway, the point was that one reason people are willing to subject themselves to this when they normally wouldn't is because a lot of, you know, these employees get stock options. And Amazon, you know, famously doesn't make money, right? Or actually, they end up turning a profit last quarter because of purely because of AWS, which is fairly amazing. But um, there's potentially a ton of upside to their stock. So you, you know, you go put in a few years at Amazon, and you could find yourself, you know, a millionaire when the stock pops, right? And that's one reason why people are willing to deal with this. Keep rolling. The anecdote that really struck me was that it is a common occurrence to walk by a conference room at Amazon and see a grown man crying sitting alone in the room. That, but that you see, now this is good. what I, I, yeah. I, not to dispute the veracity of the story, but there are no statistics. There are no details. I mean, this is a company with 154,000 employees. That's not to take away from it any a, of the stories that were offered. It is a data-obsessed company that would not provide any data to the New York Times for this article about customer, about happiness of the employees. But to Penn's point, if you have a com- You have a thought on that? Well, just just that strikes me. I mean, there, there's no data, yet we're going to go ahead and continue to to make these claims? Well, what the guy was saying, so in New York Times, you know, they, they worked on the story for six months. And yeah. They interviewed over 100 people. That being said, they don't have a census of employee data like Amazon does. Yeah. And the, the guy was just saying, it's interesting that you know, Amazon, the most data, in fact, Amazon keeps insane amounts of data. They have sensors everywhere that are sensing all their employees. They, they, well, they, they, have, they, 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 they have do, they literally, on you or they something? literally, you know, they, they're running analytics on their employees constantly. I, according I don't to the see story. That. I don't, I, yeah, I don't see how that's possible. Well, uh, we'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes, and you can you can read the yeah. article. It's it's interesting. Company full of one hundred fifty thousand people. You're going to see grown men crying at one time or another. So that that's yeah. a weird argument too. Like, really, you should. I mean, he's just making the assumption. It's not normal. It's not normal to. I don't care what size the company is, to s- just walk around and you s- see some person, man or woman, crying because of their because of their job stress. Yeah. Like, especially. I mean, that's something that even if you are stressed, like these are something. That's what they would do at home or whatever. Like, but to even to for that to be a regular thing, like if you, I could maybe if you see it once, it's like some freak, you know, thing. But if you see if that, something you see multiple times, and clearly it's like there's something wrong there, right? Uh, I don't know how common it would be. Yeah, 
Um, but I, I think that did, I think the point is that this piece was tr this piece was going it was doing backflips to to characterize Amazon. I think uh, uh, accurately it's a very tough place to work where things are demanded that are extraordinary. As you mentioned, the the anecdote about employees not able to, to leave the building, which led to a Supreme Court case. Or Spencer Sofer was a, a local news reporter, now a Bloomberg news reporter, broke a, a great story about uh, ambulances kept outside of a. Uh, a stifling hot uh, uh, a fulfillment center for Amazon in Pennsylvania to carry out the workers who collapsed because of heat stroke. <laughs> Only after that story did they put air conditioning in that building. So Amazon pushes people. Look, if it's, it's hard to compete with Amazon. It's also really hard to work there. If they're willing to take somebody out on a stretcher rather than put an air conditioner into a warehouse, I mean, how do you, suggest how do you, it's difficult to compete with a company. Right, it's difficult to compete with a company that is willing to do that. And that's why it's like, man, should I be buying from Amazon? That doesn't even seem logical or real. Why would a company not? I mean, it, that just seems like circumstances were not. I don't know what to think. Yeah. Well, to me, I mean, I don't see a company going, eh, screw them. They, they can work without heat. Stick an ambulance outside and carry out the dead. I mean, I, I got to think that they have someone to come in and work on it. It just needed parts. I don't know. No, the place never had air conditioning. Never. Yeah. And after that, they got so much press. They. But the thing with me is like the, the, what's hard about these kind of stories is I'm sure Amazon is a hard place to work at. I'm sure it is tough. I'm sure they do have high expectations. I mean, it's famously hard to get a job there. You know, their interviews are, you know, grueling and just very difficult. And they really only want the best. I mean, that's one of their, they have these like 12 principles or whatever. Mm. And one of them is basically like we only want the best. So that's, you know, that's all fine, I think. I think it's fine to be a tough place to work, but it's, um, it's you know, the question is how far do they take that? Is it, do people truly not have any work-life balance? Or then, you know, if you, if you have to drop your kids off at the daycare at 7.30 and then you have to be back at 4.30 to pick them up, you know, do you, if you're getting dirty looks or you're getting bad marks or your manager's giving, harassing you about that, then that's, you know. Of course, I actually, this just flies in the face of, what I feel is logical. Why would a company just famously just choose to be that hard to work with or work for and be okay with it? I mean, we Salesforce recently for the fifth year in a row is Forbes's best place to work, I guess. I mean, and they're able to attract top talent. People genuinely enjoy to work there. If you follow any Twitter feed that's related to Salesforce, you see a lot of happy people taking a lot of great pictures. Well, no one's, I don't think anyone's making these accusations about Salesforce. No, no, no. I'm saying contrary Salesforce is not a horrible or hard place to get into. It's a great place to get into, and people enjoy working there, and they're able to attack, attract good people. Right. What, how, how is this working for it's, Amazon? It's a different, a different management philosophy. To say this methodology works. And I mean, some, com some companies have certain philosophy and culture, and others have completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, though, I go back to my original thing, which is, okay, if you're, if you're getting harassed by your boss because you actually have to, you know, you have to be a parent to your kids, then... You should quit, you know, and most of the people, I mean, we're talking about white color, very educated, very smart, very employable people. Yeah. So it's not like they can't quit. No, there, there's a uh, paying your dues and then there's, you know, it's time to go right. <laughs> like that. Right? So, so here's why this should matter to uh, Amazon investors. Should you choose? Well, to wait, let me first ask. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. So I hear about the New York Times writing what Don't some about say is a slanted piece <laughs> about Amazon, and I think, wait, Jeff Bezos also owns the Washington Post. Is this a New York Times hit piece on uh -huh. a... On a competitor? They do mention that in the New York Times piece. It is, I see. owns the Washington Post. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see a piece with the Washington Post or not. I think the Washington Post reporters, knowing how good they are. 
It's the conspiracy angle, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about the same thing. I'll say really quickly why this matters to investors. Amazon employees take less pay, white-collar employees take less pay to go work at that company with the hope that they'll get a stock option payoff. It's good if you're an investor in this company, recognize that the, the cost of compensating employees could go up if the stock collapses because a lot of people are hanging out for a payoff from stock. Um, I highlighted some. I just want to read you a few things. So, so that, yeah, they have these 14 rules. That's their leadership principles or whatever. And I guess when you're new, you get quizzed on those rules. And if you get a perfect score, you earn a, a status called I'm peculiar, which is the company's proud phrase for overturning workplace conventions. Um, anyways, so, you know, workers are encouraged to tear apart one another's ideas and meetings to toil long and late. Um, emails arrive past midnight, followed by text messages asking why they were not answered, which is the first time that happened. I would be out the door. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, held to standards that the company boasts are unreasonably high. Uh, the internal phone directory instructs colleagues on how to send secret feedback to people's bosses. Employees say it's frequently used to sabotage others. Um, the tool offers this, this sample text. Uh, I felt concerned about his in inflexibility and openly complaining about minor tasks. Uh, let's see. The company's winners dream up innovations that they roll out in, uh, to a quarter billion customers in a and accrue small fortunes in soaring stock. Losers leave or are fired in annual cullings of the staff called purposeful Darwinism. Which actually I think is, I don't even know if that's considered bad. I think that's fine. I think companies should, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say they should go all Jack Welch and just make it a rule. You have to, you have to fire 20% of people every year or whatever the rule was. Well, we've talked about that. I don't think yeah. we're in agreement to that. I thought we weren't. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, I think you should always be Looking for the best people. Yeah. It should, I don't think it should come down to a, just a number, a blanket right. number. Um, some workers who suffered from cancer, miscarriages, and other personal crises said they had been evaluated unfairly or edged out rather than given time to recover. Um, yeah, ne nearly every person I worked with, I saw cry at their desk. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is a downer topic, man. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's, it, was, it gives it's me been... flashbacks to places where I wasn't so happy. Exactly. Where I, mean, I felt like if I left at five o'clock, you know, people were looking at me or, you know, I wasn't doing enough. You know, my, my badge of honor was that I got, got there before the sun came up and I was still there when it went down. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who, you know, who've been in the workplace for a while, um, they've, I don't know, a lot of people have had similar experiences to something like this. But I left. I moved on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's honestly the best thing to do. Um, yeah. Marathon conference calls on Easter Sunday and Thanksgiving. Uh, criticism for bosses for if you have spotty internet access while you're on vacation. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? It's a downer topic, but yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I'm sad now. <laughs> well, Bezos responded. I mean, he... Um, I don't think he went on the record, but he actually had several of his, you know, top or his appointees, I guess, you know, talk to the news and he issued a, he sent an email out to all employees saying, you know, if you think anything like this is happening, I want to know about it. It's like, yeah. really? You don't know? <laughs> this is your culture, dude. You're intense, right? 
And a lot of, I think a lot of CEOs, honestly, they, they have th- that an intense type of personality mm-hmm. and they're all of their um, staff see that and try to implement it in their own ways. But a lot of times it goes bad. It's like, just because, you know, yes, I'm intense. Yes, I have expectations, but I didn't mean for you to, you know, expect people to, you know, never be able to leave email day or night. That's not what I meant. So I'm, I'm, I bet there's a lot that's going on that he probably didn't know about that if he found out about it would not, because he says, this is not the Amazon I know. Like these stories don't even sound right to me. Yeah. So I think this will play out over time and we'll get more information trickled and this is not new. I mean, I've, I've known people who worked for Amazon that, um, I don't know about crying, but they, they would talk about how the, it's a ridiculous culture to work in. Hmm. Um, and you know, like you get burnt out, I think. I mean, any place like that, you can get burnt out. Just high, high intensity, high stress, high, high paced, fast paced, high paced. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, glad I don't <laughs> work for a company <laughs> like that. Oh, the onion even had an article. Let's see. This is great. Uh, title Jeff Bezos assures Amazon employees that HR is working a hundred hours a week to address their complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've heard your grievances and I promise that HR is toiling 16 hours a day plus weekends until the problem is solved. Uh, nothing matters more to me than the well-being of our employees and our HR staff will continue working their fingers to the bone, not seeing their families or friends or anything at all, at all outside of their offices for as long as it takes to make this right. Bezos added that any employee not fully committed to ensuring a healthy work-life balance should look for a job elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear. The Onion is a parody site. Right. <laughs> Their articles are not real. That has gotten some people in, the, in yeah, the past. I know. Someone will post that to Facebook. Oh my gosh, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Facebook, such a, such a good source for news, huh? Isn't it? <laughs> Get all my news. It's even Facebook. worse than Twitter. So I, I got pinged an article the other day, if, if we're moving on from Amazon. Okay. Uh, this is a business insider in Australia. I don't do an Australian accent. Good day, mate. I don't either. That's probably terrible. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the, the, the only Australian I know is Foster's Australian for beer. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope they have better beer than that there. I'm sure they do, right? Yeah, but I can't tell you how many times I sat there just repeating that commercial just to try and learn an accent. Really? Yeah. Wow. Plus, it was fun to say Foster's <laughs> Australian for beer. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to say a bloomin' onion. Is that right? <laughs> I love Crocodile Dundee. That's, those are great movies. Yeah, oh, yeah. I grew up on those. Yeah. I watched them again recently, but so anyways, this article from Eugene Kim tech article says Salesforce is considering huge discounts on what it calls its greatest product ever. And they're referring to wave. Yeah. And we've, we've kind of talked about that. We, I, I think it, it's, it's going to happen. I think this is, this article is purely speculative. I don't think there's any kind of meat here that says it's definitely happening, but I can certainly see wave getting a discount and becoming more available. I mean, I think it's a popular product that people want. But the the main hurdle is the price is is the cost. I mean, my my philosophy or my <clears throat> theory, I guess, on this was that this was purely for positioning. Number one, it was not ready. A wave is still basically beta, in my opinion, even though I've never used it. Um, I can just, I mean, you can just tell. Um, and they didn't want a rush of people jumping onto it. That would have been terrible for PR. So what do you do? Hey, it's got you know you put up a forty thousand dollar entrance fee a month, right? Yeah. Um, we don't even know if anyone has actually ever paid that. They probably, I, I bet you no one has ever paid that. 
Yeah, I'm because sure, the I'm customers sure that, that the early customers were they were on it as a part of the pilot, right? And you don't pay for that. I bet no one's paid that yet, and they're just they're, you know it's great positioning. They're it's a, just a, it's just a way to say this is a premium killer product. This is not going to be some oh we're just dabbling. This is you know we're coming out you know all guns blazing with a product that's going to compete with the best that's out there. Um, but I've you know. I, I said, I will never be able to use Wave. If this is the case, if this is what it costs, I, don't, I can't think of a client that I have, even the big ones. I don't know. Maybe the big ones, I guess. They probably would. Well, the, they the, could. the problem with the big ones is they're already using something. Exactly. And that's, you know, I, I think they would love to transition, uh, mainly because it's, it's much better to have a single, or to have most, for that information and that tool to be closer to Salesforce than it is to try and get all this stuff and, and all that working um, because you've already built out such a huge infrastructure with your Salesforce platform. It would be nice to to be able to use that. But yeah. again, you know, the the cost of ownership is, is an issue. Right. But, you know, I, I, I agree. I think it is still somewhat in, uh, in its infancy, the tool itself. I think it's going to be continued to grow. I do like what I see from it. I do like the tooling. I thought it was uh, it was easy to use and it was easy for me to get started on. So I think, I think for if they do offer a discount and make it accessible to more even smaller mid-sized businesses, they will have a lot of great success with it. And then they'll be able to run their business from their watch. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how you run a business with charts. Of course. Um, yeah. So they're talking about they're, the speculations. They may actually drop that platform fee altogether. Yeah. And actually, honestly, that's. Even then, it's not cheap. I mean, it's just to be able to look at Wave, not not building thing Wave, just to look at it. Yeah, but it's it's not meant to be you know everyone in your company having access to it. It's meant for your executive team, your management team. I don't know, you I know, mean, those it, who are building it. I guess. I mean, for for an an, an incremental one twenty five to two fifty a month per user. Yeah, not everyone's going to use it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at least then it's like a reasonable price, right? I've just pulled up this, this the Eugene Kim article. Um, it says the, the reports say that the license fee just to run the infrastructure necessary for Waze, W A Z E. I saw that. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Removing. They're gonna, yeah. That that would be. I, that would be good. Um, I would. I would like for people to be able to use Wave. I, again, I think. I think they wanted to release it. They needed it for Dreamforce last year, and they're like. Like you know, this is a year out. So how do we how do we announce this a Dreamforce even though it's a year out? And the answer: you charge forty grand a month for it. <laughs> then it doesn't have to be ready. Yeah. Um, also, it's interesting. Uh, it says you know it's unclear how much revenue Wave had been driving so far as Salesforce continues to loop it loop in Wave's revenue under the Salesforce One platform and other segment. Salesforce acknowledges that Wave's revenues quote were not significant <laughs> for the three months ended April thirtieth. It's it's still new. Though. I mean, it's, it's it's basically beta still. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have. Uh, I'm sure it'll be successful. I mean, I happen to know that there are very smart people working on Wave. Although the main guy already left, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Wave. Well, we got some uh, some new information on um, custom metadata types as we're starting to get. Oh yeah, a little I mean, bit more information on what's going to be in the yeah. Windows 16 release and. Uh, some of the things we talked about that were gaps in in metadata, like a user interface to define that, and a lot of the different security measures to control certain aspects of it are should be 
it, of course, it's wrapped in Safe Harbor, but should be available in, in Winter 16. Um, so it's shaping up to be a really nice tool. Uh, some of the new things that, that we should be able to get is um, uh, to deploy and install records as part of the package. So you could you could deploy the metadata, but now we're going to get the the actual ability to predefine those records as well to go along with it. Are you, are you talking about the custom metadata the types? The custom metadata types. Okay. Um, of course, get the user interface to be able to configure and build all those. Um, be able to protect and hide individual records, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I can see that being useful for if you have a list of options or something and you want to let your end users add more options but keep your standards there as well. Right. Um, another big one, which I really love and I'm excited about, is the control of editability of certain fields. So you can have a setup page and there's certain fields that are there for informational purposes, but that they can't edit. And then the other fields within that same page that are editable. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll be nice to have it's basically, you know, custom settings that you can deploy as a part of your your de- build and deploy process. Yeah. And then um, uh, these will not be impacted by the see all data, so you won't you won't have to use see all data on your unit tests to be able to access all your configuration data, which is nice. Because it's metadata, not data. Right. Technically. Unlike right. custom settings today, you have to actually create a custom setting record to build a test against. Right. Um, although you still may want to do that to be able to control the scenario. I know. Because yeah. this is a configurable, can be changed by the end user. You don't want to really rely on what they're changing. Right. But with that in combination with what they can or cannot edit should give you enough flexibility in your testing. Right. Um, and then the the last thing that's not available, and it'll bleed into my idea of the week, is a native Apex support for create and update of records. So you won't be able to, within Apex, I guess, um, for custom metadata types, um, create or update the records. So, so you can create them through the UI okay. and you can deploy those, but you won't be able to, through Apex, you know, create them. Yeah, because, I mean, metadata, custom metadata types have been around for like a couple of releases now, right? I, they may still be in like, you know, limited release or whatever, but they've been available if you want to use them. It's just, it's so difficult to use them, like, and I guess until these features come out, um, you can't do it through Apex. And I, th- I think actually you only have to you have to use the metadata API to actually create records or something like that. You know, there's you can't there's no UI for it. There's you can't do it in Apex. It's all these limitations. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll let them bake that one a little bit more before I start using it. Yeah, and so that last one um, is actually the idea of the week. So <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to think that you, you ever been in class and you have that really smart kid in the corner that's always raising their hand, the teacher has to go, now, Jeremy, let someone else answer. Right. That was me. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just being honest. I, I, did, I didn't think you'd ever hear that. So I wanted to, you know, <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> well, I think that needs to be Andrew Fawcett. Cause he's again, our idea of the week, um, okay. his idea, um, which they actually reference in this article where they talk about the new features and everything. Um, his ideas referenced as the ability to update metadata from apex. Um, so obviously being able to for, through, through apex, be able to update this metadata. And again, that's part of the limitation that we're talking about here. It's not so much that you can't create these records in Apex. It's that it's an overall limitation of the fact that it's considered metadata, not, you know, data. Right. So. I have no idea. That is our idea of the week. (laughs) So thank you, Andrew Fawcett, for another uh, idea. Yeah. And he, I think it's, he's, he's the financial force guy, right? Um, Or one of them. Yeah. 
they have, I guess they have a few people that work there. Um, he's got, they, so Financial Force has this library. I think it's, actually, I think it's Apex. But it allows you to do all sorts of things you can't do in Apex. And it's basically all with these nasty, like, soap callbacks or something. So, mm, yeah, that you can't do them as a part of an Apex transaction. So, it, you know, launches off these, I guess, soap things to do you know, metadata stuff. And now, I guess, these custom metadata types, it's... Which I'm, I've... I've implemented my own versions of that, but yeah, it's just so it's such a <laughs> sketchy way to do anything to do that because you basically in the within that transaction you you can actually check to make sure they were successful. Just it's so so sloppy. I mean, I guess it's it's nice that they did that because I'm sure they, you know, they're an ISV man. They're they're trying to get stuff done right, and they have all, they're all about these limitations of the of the development platform that they've yeah. got to find these workarounds. I mean, they're, they're They got a business to run, you know? And so there's just all these deployment headaches and things you, you can't do on platform. And so, okay, how do you, how do you work around those? Do you, well, this isn't, isn't so much deployment headaches. This, this is specifically needing to modify metadata that you can't no, do in Apex. I'm just saying there are tons of deployment headaches though, oh, that they, that you yeah. also have to find ways to work around or, but that tooling itself solves very specific updating of metadata. Right. Um, what else do they let you do? You can actually, um, yeah, you can actually do, I think, on pretty much any metadata type things through this Apex library. I haven't seen that library. But what I what I did that was similar is I had to update currency rates, and you can only do that through the UI or mm. through metadata. Yeah. Um. Or no, you can only you can do it through the API, but you can't do it through Apex for some reason. It's one of those weird limitations that you can do it through the API, but you cannot do it through metadata or through Apex. That's the most common scenario. Is and, that yeah, you, you most of these things you can't do through Apex. Yeah, so what I ended up doing was basically making a call out back to Salesforce yeah. through the through the API to to make those rate updates. At least they don't block you from that. Yeah, I st- I it was funny. <laughs> I had to add sales the Salesforce URL as a remote. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, this is remote. <laughs> How is this remote? I tried it first. I was like, no way. There's no way I have to add Salesforce to the remote. Yeah. Uh, what what is it? Network access or what is it? Remote action. Uh, trust. What is it? It's not a trusted. No, it's a remote uh, authorized. What do they call it? Authorized remote. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, it was it was funny <laughs> attempting it the first time and going, really? I have to add this in? But yeah. So uh, tomorrow, actually, Salesforce is releasing their, what would it be their? Q2? Q2 earnings. Yeah. yeah, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Money, I've money, heard money. I've heard various um, you know speculation. Um, one one of the things I've been let's see if I had, I thought I had some notes on this, but they there's been there's these theories. So one you know Salesforce they've been you know revenues obviously have been going up, and they've been trimming their losses. And in fact, last quarter they actually eked out a small non gap uh, profit because they got some they they were able to terminate some lease that was worth you know millions of dollars on the books. And so it, just the way it hit accounting wise, it actually bumped them into the black, uh, at least for, at least on an on gap basis, but they've been trimming their losses. I mean, they're, they're inching towards becoming a profitable company, but their gross margin has been declining. Obviously they've been cutting costs or at least relative costs faster than their gross margin. Gross margin has been declining though, since they are, since they are trimming losses, but there's you know there's a speculation as to why why are their gross margins uh, dropping, and most people, at least analysts that I that I read, think it's because they're just doing so much data center build out mm-hmm. 
that and just it's the way those that data those data center things get basically allocated a quarter so depreciated across and that's just you've got they've got higher dis- depreciation hitting the books which is um yeah just make, seems reasonable make, yeah i mean it's you got to do it right i mean yeah. you have to have data centers so and it, well, it's, i mean the 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 effect it would have on on the margin seems reasonable it's it's a reasonable assumption to make to to say that i guess right because we did talk about them you know expanding their data centers especially over in europe and and everywhere else where they're trying to do a bigger push. But, you know, Salesforce has done a good job of setting expectations. They always, they've, I think several quarters in a row have, have, you know, come in slightly better than expectations. So I have no, I don't know. I have no reason to think they wouldn't. Yeah. Wouldn't again. Um, and I, I think at some point, you know, they're, they're going to want to hit, you know, like hit some kind of, point where they're like okay we've built this we've established ourselves we're a six billion dollar company or a ten billion dollar company you know whatever whatever it is it is absolutely my dream and i'm dedicated to being the fastest to 10 billion you know and, and whenever you hit that point it's like okay let's now let's start let's start focusing on profitability you know right. for, for the longest time you're, you're reinvesting everything that you can even you know money that you don't have that's what's called you know having a loss right or Whatever, as long as your cash flow is okay. But, but at that point, you're 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 basically saying switching over to some kind of organic growth. Though he's not going to get there. He's not going to get to ten billion on organic. I'm not saying switch to organic growth. I'm just saying that you you start, you know, bringing in more money than you're spending. Um, I don't know. Do you not feel? Do you not? I feel like that's coming. That's we're on the cusp of that. Do you not? Get I don't that know. Sense? I, I just see them increasing their acquisitions. I. I, I to me, that's how I envision they're going to get there. I mean, organic would be great, but it 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 would take too long, and it doesn't doesn't match with the fastest to ten billion mantra. And that's that's one of the other memes that I've been hearing more and more of is that they've kind of maxed out CRM. Yeah, where is there to go for? I mean, they of course they're you know what their market share is. You want to take a guess? We've talked about this at least last time we talked about it. Like sixteen oh, percent. I was going to say eighteen. I think I saw recently. So even though it's like not even close to half, right? Because there's there's just so many CRM providers out there. Um, so there's, I mean, obviously they could get more market share there, but it, the theory is they've kind of, I don't want to say maxed out, but they've it's definitely that has started to take an an asymptotal, you know, shape. It's approaching some theoretical maximum that you're just not going to get over that. Yeah, you have to either expand territory, geographies, right? Which they've been doing huge push in Europe, the Germany data center. All this, you know, they bought, they didn't, they, they bought a, was it a French or a German, like the biggest consulting company there. So they're definitely expanding yeah. their footprint. They're uh, going after different new markets, right? That's one way you expand. Mm-hmm. And the other way you expand or another way is to broaden your portfolio, which they've done. I mean, wh- you know, wave all this social stuff, the, this marketing war that we always talk about. Um, you just add more product line. Right. And yeah, cause CRM is just, it is what it is. It's, you know, I mean, you can, you can enhance it with social stuff and it's certainly, and, and Salesforce definitely had this effort to um, upsell. In fact, um, I think it's, I think it's like a Keith Block thing. Um, but this is, it's just an Oracle thing too. You know, Salesforce is just loaded up with these kind of former Oracle goons nowadays and they know how to sell. They know how to upsell. They know how to cross sell. And so Salesforce had this huge effort to go to its existing customer base and say, Hey, thanks for being a great CRM customer this whole time, but we've got all these other things now that you need to start buying from us. <laughs> but that's, you but know, it's not a bad way to go. No. I mean, you've already got a, they're out of your customers. Yeah. You've got a foot in the door. You've got a relationship there. So, um, 
and, and you've built out this product portfolio. And a, a lot of times the people probably don't even know about it. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times it could be a great fit. I mean, you're tying your support in with your sales system. I mean, it's, it's not an integration at that point. It's exactly, it's, it's an enablement feature. Right. You know, they probably, you know, companies probably, you know, have, you know, existing license to, you know, Oracle S space or Cognos or something. And as well, you know, Hey, our, our license is up this year. So let's take a look at wave. Yeah, right. Exactly. But if you're not in there talking to your customers and being there, yeah, exactly. part of the conversation. Right. So, so yeah, I think uh, that'll be interesting. That's tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. We're going to have to, you know, when Salesforce does have a, the, the first, you know, gap profit, we're going to have to have a huge party. <laughs> At least we're going to have to bring champagne in, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to pop a cork. Pop a cork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be nice. Because I'm still, I still feel like, you know, the Salesforce, I'm still nervous about them. Like they're this young, they act like, you know, they, again, they want to be treated like a startup. They don't, you know, they're, just, they're in investment mode and they're, you know, just. I kind of enjoy know, burn, the startup mentality. Cash. I know, but I, I enjoy that better than the, but at some point you want, in suits, you at know? some point you want the stability of knowing that you, that you're working in this ecosystem for a company that's healthy and profitable. You know? You want to move from being boyfriend, girlfriend to, to engaged. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we need to move this relationship <laughs> along here. <laughs> um, what else is going on? Microsoft. We talked about that, right? Microsoft. So, yeah, it's that survey out of my list. 23% of, of these comp- vendors picked Microsoft as their, as their big competitor, their hottest competitor. Uh, Microsoft appears to be closing some ground in terms of retooling their platform to what is now becoming a cloud-dominant computing space. You know, I'm, I got a prediction here. I predict that John DeSantiago is going to rekindle his love for Microsoft and get into that space more. Because you like .NET. You've always been a, you know, .NET guy. Yeah, I cut my teeth on, dot, on well, prior to .NET, VB stuff. Microsoft and Access, right? Access and... Um, so yeah, I mean, imagine if, uh, you know, Microsoft's got this, you know, good CRM platform and they're in this marketing thing as, as well and all this social stuff and they've got their own, they've got Azure, right? So just all kinds of compute, almost any way you want. You want platform as a service, you want raw infrastructure, what do you want? You know, they've kind of got it and some really cool value add stuff too, uh, too. And on top of that, a killer development platform, killer development platform, right? With virtually free tools nowadays. Yeah. It's like, man, I, I don't know. I think I might want to take a look at that. It would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like Salesforce and I, I think again, they're great applications. Um, their customers love them. They have the most enthusiastic customers to an, to a degree of annoyance, right. That, yeah, that I've ever seen. And in fact, I'm, I think I'm just going to at Dreamforce. I'm just going to be like, wow, this is yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the videos, you know, I've, uh, you know, I have talked to people that, you know, that have been there and I don't know, but it's a, it's a great, it's, but it's the, a great it's, time being involved in the, in the Salesforce community, but it's the development platform. Yes. That's, that's the big thorn still for me. I want, I, I, you know, I would want nothing more than for this thing to get better. Um, they're just things they've got to fix that they just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just, I don't, maybe it's not in their interest. It was just not that big of a deal. They're, most of their customers just don't care that much about 
I don't think they do, but I think so. Or, Salesforce does have a a focus on the point and click tooling. They want they want to empower their users to be able to customize right. and build and, tools. Well, in that's the system. my point. They're still catering to real simple development, real simple things, which is fine. But it kind of goes crossways with their messaging about this being an enterprise development platform. And Salesforce is still mainly selling to chief sales officers, chief marketing officers, right? And so that's that's who they're, you know, they got to listen to who they're selling to. And I don't know, there's just so much pain on the development side. I I hope they, I wish they would, I hope they improve that. You know, I've got, I've got a whole list of things that I'd like to see them improve on. And it'd be great because I don't, you know, I don't want to be tempted by, the Microsoft thing. Going you know? <laughs> to be lured away. I'd like to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's, you can only be good at so many things, right? That's the problem. At least from like, from our perspective, like yeah. if you, let's say you decide to get in the Microsoft world again and do start working on dynamics and CRM and great planes and, and all customizing it with their development stack and everything. Well, that, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But, you only have so much time. I mean, how good can you be at both things? That's why I always question these, the idea of these consultants. They're like, oh, we do Oracle, SAP, and, and Microsoft, and Salesforce. So you can trust our opinion because we do them all. Right. Well, you don't do any of them very good. That's for sure. You can't be good at that many things. Yeah, I kind of enjoy focusing on the, on the platform to the point that I'm, I'm effective in it. Um, because it, Salesforce is getting really big. And there are so many things to learn, to know. The, the constant change, you know, with the new updates every time and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot to learn and to know. It's it's no, it's it would be huge. really difficult, if right. not near impossible, to try and split your attention between two different systems and call yourself an expert. I mean, you could just pick one of. I mean, just take Salesforce. You know, the the supposed you know new kid on the block, right? You you could spend all of your time learning Salesforce, and you would still not get to everything. Yeah, it's just too big. There's too much there. That's interesting. I, I saw an article not even an article it was actually a question on stack exchange and it was um it was kind of a gripe more than anything about you know should we when we're when we're out in the community and we're helping people and we're trying to answer their questions some of some people come to us and say i'm not saying we i'm paraphrasing here from this article that they want examples they want an end to end solution to their question and it and then it becomes kind of the you know are we teaching in the community are we teaching to fish or are we giving them a fish well, that's that's a perennial question, I think. Yeah, you know, people either come to you with their homework, and ask, you know, once you do their homework, or you know, they work for one of these, you know, terrible consulting companies that charges you two to three hundred dollars an hour and gives you forty dollar an hour people, and then they go to Stack Exchange to ask how to how to, you know, basically how do I how do I do this super basic thing, and yeah. can you please provide me the entire Visual Force page and Apex class and everything else that I need, right? <laughs> I do, I do, at least on my blog, I do try to be at least thorough to where the examples that I do provide will compile. Because I was actually amazed when I first started doing this. I would kind of paraphrase or just kind of illustrate with some quick code that I would type. And sometimes there'd be typo errors or it just wouldn't even compile because that wasn't the point of it. I just wanted really small little snippets of code to kind of illustrate the point of what it might look like. And then they downvote your answer because you didn't do their, all their work for them. And, and then I was like, <laughs> I get a bunch of, it doesn't compile, it doesn't do this. So, was, so then I started doing the actual extra work of making sure everything compiled, which, you know, to me, it actually increases the quality of, of my posts, but it is a lot more work. It, and I do feel like sometimes, um, 
I might be giving away too many answers and, and not really helping people grow. So it's, it's yeah. a tough balance, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, it actually lowers the quality. The, the problem is it lowers the quality of the, of the site, the qu- whatever the question and answer site is, right? Yeah. If you've just got all these just very use case specific, can you do my work for me? Yeah. That's, that's helping them, but it's helping no one else. That's right. the problem. Well, John, that's all I got this week. You're so chatty. I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Now I do have something else. Did you hear about the Salesforce security flaw that was discovered and, I guess, fixed? No. Um, so the issue was brought to light when they noticed a newsletter sign-up box in the sidebar was failing to properly sanitize and filter input, meaning that rather than just limiting entry to, you know, oh, it was an email address to sign up, you could actually put in JavaScript. It, it would, it's unsanitized, and then it was not being sanitized on output as well. So um, basically, so here's the vulnerabilities, uh, vulnerabilities here. The attacker could have executed JavaScript. So there was no known um, Salesforce, supposedly. Didn't know of anyone who actually used this exploit. But here's what could have happened. Could have used uh, JavaScript to steal cookies and session identifiers, which could lead to a potential Salesforce account takeover. Uh, the attacker could have forced Salesforce users to visit phishing sites to extract credentials via social engineering attacks. They could have also injected pop-up windows to facilitate phishing attacks. Um, and which this article is, it's actually by a security company. They didn't, they actually demonstrated all these things. The attacker could have forced the users to download malicious code onto their machines by executing unauthorized scripts in the context of the browser running in a vulnerable application. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it sounded like it was fairly limited and I guess Salesforce patched it immediately, which is, which is good. Um, yeah. it's always a good thing. I wonder if it was, I wonder if that ever made it on trust.salesforce.com. I, I meant to check, but <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I'm guessing it didn't. Well, it's not an outage. There's no reason to put it there. Well, I, no, they do do, yeah, no, they do security that, notifications right? there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might have. It might have, actually. Yeah. Um, supposedly, also, I didn't know about this because I don't use this, but desk.com, a while back, had suffered a, like a, I think it was called a reflected or reflective file name download attack of some sort that actually affected millions of users. Um, uh, so, example, customers of theirs, McAfee, Asana, Add This, and Gawker were all affected by that vulnerability. You know, I think overall, though, Salesforce has an outstanding security record. Yeah. That's one thing. Well, they, I mean, that that's kind of how they built this industry was they they knew they had to focus on that trust aspect. You know, oh, their yeah, system had to be secure. Right. For for an enterprise company to say, okay, we'll give you our data. We'll let you manage our data. You know, that trust factor has to be paramount. Right. And they've they've actually done a seriously incredible job with that. Yep. They have. Good job, guys. And to that, I say, good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. I'm going to tell a bad joke today. Do you like cherries, sir? That's a clown question, bro. I'm running my business right from my wrist. That would be amazing. You can't do this with Salesforce. Bitch, look it up. It's science.